My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. It's another tough, another tough week, uh, celebrity death wise. Yeah, who, who should we talk about Ooh. first? Which which very famous mafia actor should we discuss first? I mean, J- um, James Con's the bigger name, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, he, he died. I didn't hear that. You didn't know James yeah. Con? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, very famous for his show Las Vegas, where he was in charge of surveillance at the Montecito Hotel and Casino in beautiful. Las Vegas, Nevada, and and other things. That's way way before me and Sandwich. <laughs> the Las Vegas show? Come on, that was like in the two thousands. I'm sure. We were just kids then. Yeah, you yeah. Were, I was still watching cartoons. Yeah, you, you didn't you didn't mature up to watch. Uh, the closest he got to the closest that we got to that was Good Feathers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, well, now I know what the. Uh, what the ID is going to be in the break there. We'll have to get the uh, Animaniacs in there for the for that ID. But yeah, so James Conn, right? Obviously, uh, from Godfather, one of his most famous roles uh, as well. A movie called Thief. I've never seen Thief. I've and seen then it. he's also in Elf, right? He's uh, yep. Buddy the Elf's real father. Oh yeah, he is. Oh, now I'm extra sad. <laughs> So at Christmas time this year, you'll be extra sad because James Con, well, Jimmy Con passed away at age 82. Well, when people always leave, I, I, I try to make it the joke of saying, bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> I don't want to say bye. So now it's just like, you can't find him anymore. He's dead now. Oh, <laughs> man. You know what? And Santa's dead, too, because uh, oh, yeah. Ed Asner died. So, boy, Buddy's wow. going to have a rough year this year. This is going to be a tough Christmas oh, for yeah. Buddy the Elf. Any any other James Con uh, discussion no. or comment? No. All right, and then sticking. And way less to say about Tony Cicero, right? Isn't it Sirico? 
Sirico? Yeah. Is that what it is? Tony Sirico. Okay. Paulie Walnuts. Great character. Great. I mean, oh, yeah. did he do anything else? I mean, other than Paulie Walnuts? Yeah. He's, he did like Yeah, he was he was in Goodfellas. He was in Goodfellas, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was one of he was one of uh he was one of Paulie's guys in the 50s outside of the cab stand. Oh, okay. I mean, he didn't have a name or anything, and he was also one of the guys who beat up the mailman. The mailman, you know, the head in the oven. That yeah. scene. Yeah, he was. He was one of the. He was one of Paulie's thugs in those scenes. Now, if I recall correctly, he actually had some run-ins with the law in his younger days, and like may have uh, hung out with a certain criminal element. I think he and was. That's why I he think got he cast. Was. I think he was. Uh, I think he was connected. I'm pretty sure. He was one of those guys. I think that was connected. Yeah in his youth and there's a few of them that, that run through those movies that were actually connected so yeah yeah that doesn't surprise me so so uh i mean i'm i'm real sad about uh about paulie walnuts there he's all he was character. arrested 28 times in his life oh wow all right. <laughs> you know, oh if you want to hear more about uh dearly departed paulie walnuts you may want to check out uh Geek Stuff TNG over on the Patreon because, uh, you know, for a dollar a month, you can talk to us on the Discord server. For $3 a month, you I get the Early Bird people. Special. Kevin does answer people. Uh, early Bird Special is you get the episode as soon as we're done editing it. Usually that's, uh, you know, Tuesday. We record on Mondays most of the time. Um, but for $5 a month, it's the bonus round, which you get a sandwich shop every week, which Sandwich has agreed to do in perpetuity. But this week, it's just 10 minutes of you crying about Polly Walnuts being dead and the Pine Barrens episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so check out this week's sandwich shop and hear a little bit about uh, Paulie Walnuts direct from the sandwich. It's the pork store instead of the sandwich shop this this week. Um, but sandwich you also is pork store sandwich is pork store pork sandwich store pork sandwich shop. Um, you also get the vintage episodes of Geek Stuff on the first and the fifteenth. So those big Kev's Geek Stuff episodes coming out. I think we're in the uh, we're just going into the eighties, and I mean number eighty. This being know, episode six eighty six, it would be impossible for us to go in the eighty. Yeah, six hundred episodes ago, and you can hear those episodes uh, on the first and the fifteenth if you are a Patreon supporter at just five dollars a month. And for ten dollars a month, you get to watch all of this happen live and direct here on the Instagram Lives. You can also support the show by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Geek Stuff TNG and all of those places. You want to check out the show's website, right? GeekStuffTNG.com. And if you want to partake, participate in the show, you can even hear yourself on a future episode by calling the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or if you just like to uh, use written the written word to communicate your thoughts, you can send us an email. At geeksoftng at gmail.com. All right, so I think we should jump into this. Geek stuff. What's in the news? Uh, we could start with the box office news. Uh, who went to see Thor this weekend? I did. You did? I'm going to see it tonight. You haven't seen it yet, Sandwich? No, but I mean, like, I, I kind of heard what happened already, so I'm not super Well, I, anti-spoilers. I, I'm going to go see it tonight, but it pulled in $144 million over the weekend, mm-hmm. followed by uh, The Rise of Gru, which pulled in 40, another $46 million after having a pretty strong weekend last weekend. And then Maverick is still in the top three. That That is just... Moving on. Uh, so Ma- Maverick I don't is get really, it. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think that it hits a certain generation, a certain demographic, and 
and it's not a superhero movie or a kids movie. You know, I mean, it's something different mm-hmm. than a lot of stuff that's out there, maybe. But let's. I talk- will be very interested mm-hmm. when we have our discussion about Thor in what two weeks. Yep. Right? Yeah. I'll be very interested to hear both of your takes on the movie. Do you want to because? Get- well, I'll just set it up this way. I wasn't a big fan. Dom, I think that's what you said you heard too, right? If from what I heard, it wasn't great. Yeah. But I don't want to get into it yet, but we will get into it. I will I will see it so I can really flesh out my because it's it's what I've heard. I don't really have a based opinion. It's just what I've heard. Yeah, it's well, it's what's being said. So yeah, exactly. you know. So I, I mean, there, I've seen quite a few articles, and, it, and maybe it's not specifically the problem of Thor that's the problem, is that this phase doesn't seem to have a big bad yet, doesn't seem to have the direction, and maybe people are so used to uh, a dom- you know setting up a dominoes to be knocked down approach mm-hmm. to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that, do you, again, so Kev, you saw it. Do you think that that contributes to it, or is that a separate problem? This movie had nothing to do, in my opinion... I didn't see anything in this movie that advances a phase narrative. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that seems to be, be the problem. Um, the thing is too, you can't really pull one. You can't really connect anything that's come out with anything else here. You know what I mean? Like there's no real like lines or like string you could pull, which in any of these properties. And yet, I mean like phase one, you couldn't do that. But, like, it's different because Phase 1 was setting up a universe, I feel like. I, Even Phase well, 1 had some continuity. I mean, Phase, phase 1 introduced phase Thanos. One, phase 1 was leading to the Avengers movie. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, so, yeah, I mean, some, but it wasn't I'm, major. It still was there. This, yeah, exactly. this, this phase has nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, the closest we've gotten to anything that could be construed... As as a as a phase plotline or a or a building towards something, the closest we've gotten to that at all is Loki. Yeah, and, and we're Kang. all just assuming that that's it. I mean, has it been? Are we sure that? Kang's well, the big you bag? know, it's going to be it because he is the bad guy in in Ant Man. So we know it's going to be about him. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we haven't seen a lick of a thing else about it anywhere else, and especially in a Thor movie, and there. There wasn't even a setup for Guardians 3 in this movie. Not that I saw, anyway. My thing is, too, for this phase, like, Moon Knight was literally literally stated to be almost like, hey, we don't care about MCU continuity. So then, respectfully, I like Moon Knight. Why the fuck would you even, A, do that, or B, well, say that? I, I feel like they could have done a better job of tying him in to the the street level justice that is definitely going to come back yeah to the mcu because we know daredevil's coming back you know and we know all those ancillary characters will probably also come back so Mm -hmm. i mean i get it they didn't tie anything in with moon knight and i i even i'm sure that we talked about this at the time i said i didn't see how they were going to oh yeah well my only way i thought they could having seen the show was having like the gods play a part somewhere else because we've we know other pantheons exist yeah. but 
that'd be the only way because they they made a point to almost not connect anything beyond that. Because Black Panther's god is Egyptian, technically. The Panther goddess Bast, because Bast is an Egyptian god, hmm. goddess. So I mean, in would've, theory, you could do been, it that way, but if you wanted to, would have been interesting if they had mentioned her at any point in. Because in, in my that. mind, when they were doing it, I thought like, oh, the avatars are the gods, and it's like, oh, if they really wanted to, they could do a cheeky little like, oh, you've you've heard of one before. He's like a big deal now. Like that well, would have been a fun little thing. Now there, if they now there to. was. Now, without getting too into it, because if you saw the trailer, you didn't miss the fact that uh, that Russell Crowe is in the Thor movie playing Zeus. Yeah. You didn't miss that fact if you saw the trailer, so I'm not spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a, a thing in, in this movie that had to do with gods, and it would have been an okay place to kind of ham-handedly make tacit connections between things like Moon Knight and Black Panther and so on and so forth. It would have been an easy way for them to kind of do that. Even though for the MCU, they're really, they are hard connections. Every connection that we've seen like that is a hard step into the next thing. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of that this phase. And the closest that they've come to it is Kang, and we didn't even get Kang. You know, the closest we even came to Kang was a statue of Kang. Yeah. And the fact that everyone on the planet knows that he is the villain in the in the upcoming Ant-Man Wasp sequel. So, you know, like, but that's it. There was nothing in this movie. Uh, I didn't see anything in this movie that set up anything MCU-wide. I didn't see anything in this movie, like I said, that even sets up like Guardians 3 or or like another Thor movie. You know, I, I mean, if you'll say if you'll say this is a spoiler, then so be it. But at the end of the movie, at the end of the credits, it says Thor will return. It does. Yeah. So he's I mean, he's clearly not done, you know. Mm-hmm. How, how many so after credits, the, by the way? Is there a mid credit and an after credit, or just yeah, one? there is. There's a mid credit and an after credit. The mid credit is actually, in my opinion, fairly significant reveal for the MCU. It is not by any means does it drive anything forward. It doesn't at all. It's a reveal. It's something a lot of people have been wondering about, but that's the end of it. And then the final credit sequence is useless. Just a, a joke, uh, you know, a little, a little goof. It's, it's, it's barely a joke. Yeah. All right. So, you know, let me ask this. Are we holding the Marvel Cinematic Universe to who, too high a standard? They did three phases that were incredibly interconnected and everything built on another. How long can you keep that up? Especially when you're letting you, some of your main stars like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans leave the franchise right you know black widow i mean you know how how long can you keep it up maybe we're just going to have some standalone movies i mean do they all have to are we going to require marvel to be completely interconnected all the time or can we just get a standalone hero movie in the universe that doesn't directly advance some bigger plot you can only do that i mean you can do that 
But part of the success of the of the MCU is the interconnectivity, right? Can they? But can they and keep that, that up? It's for a him? huge part of that success. Even I would, I, I dare say, it's a huge part of the success. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I just feel like as the universe and the number of films continues to grow, that becomes more and more and more challenging. I think so. That's all. That's all I'm saying is is, is maybe right. maybe we give them a break. They've given how many movies have they given us? The movies are all good. You know, do they have to be? so interconnected but yeah there's no breaks you you don't you don't you're not blockbuster successful for 10 years and then suddenly people go okay well you can be a little less successful now that's not how it works <laughs> it's always got to keep building they, they they are the they set the level they need to live up to it yeah well i mean so and, and so it feels like at the moment they're faltering but also so maybe phase four is the reset right they falter a little bit. They don't quite get the formula perfect. It's not as interconnected. So when they come back for phase five, now they can come back strong. You know? I don't know. I, I don't think they're sandbagging or anything, but that's just it. So so if we um, just go on to the second movie, that uh, The Rise of Gru, which was number two at the box office, I did get out to see Rise of Gru. We took all the kids mm -hmm. and went to see Rise of Gru yesterday morning and... Uh, they enjoyed it. It was good. It had a lot of good uh, 60s and 70s music for the adults. For the old folks like me, you know, you like to hear the music from when you grew up, like in the 60s. You know, when I was going to college in the 60s, some of that music I really appreciated. Um, so, so that Peace, man. That, that helps. Peace. Yeah, you know. Uh, and then the, kid, the kids like it because they love the minions and they're silly and everything. So it was fine. I, I would say that it, 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 it is about on the level of the other Despicable Me franchise movies. It was fine. A little it, Scott stock yeah, at yep. the movie theater yesterday. Yeah. Um, so we, we had a good time uh, doing that. So, um, And then we went to Disneyland in the evening, so we had a heck of a busy day. Didn't get home till like midnight. It was wow. A long day. Movie in the morning, Disneyland in the evening. First time I've been to Disneyland since I went with our good friend Kev out to nice. Star Wars Land. So It's true. Yeah. Took me a we month and a half to recover from that. everywhere, by the way, yeah. the, the last time we went. On Memorial Day. Yeah. Because we went with also Mark Newbold mm -hmm. from Fanthatracks.com. That's right. All the Star Wars news in a single file, Fanthatracks.com. Yeah, my, my, man, you know, Mark almost uh, took your spot as Uncle Kev. He was Uncle Mark. My kids loved him. They had a good time with him at Disneyland. They were um, just being nice. Oh, no, no. He was a super nice guy. So we, we had a really good time. Anyway, um, so in the news for the last couple of uh, weeks, we were talking last week. I think it was we talked about uh, Peter Billingsley, who's going to be you know cast in a new movie. Well, uh, an article I saw came out this week is they're going to make a sequel to Christmas Story with Peter Billingsley. Is this is this something that we need? I don't believe it. I mean, this is according to the Hollywood Reporter. What's Warner it Brothers. called? A Christmas Story Christmas. No. The Hollywood Reporter, Warner Brothers, and Legendary Pictures are teaming up for this continuation. Uh -huh. Stars the original Ralphie, Peter Billingsley, titled A Christmas Story Christmas. Clay Catus, The Christmas Chronicles, will be at the helm. The script comes from Nick Shank, Gran Torino. This will take place in the 70s and feature an adult Ralphie returning to his house in Cle on Cleveland Street to deliver his kids a magical Christmas. Just like the ones he had growing up. So, I mean, again... It, you know, you then you make you take something that happened, 
and then you set a sequel to it wherever would be age appropriate for that, the actors today. So Christmas Story takes place in 1939, I think. Yeah, so now it's in the 70s, so it's going to be, you know, Peter Billingsley had his age now, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. And there was a sequel to Christmas Story, though, wasn't there? That just mm-hmm. didn't, that, that did not perform. So this is technically the third in the Christmas Story. This is well, the they'll ignore the other one. Yeah, the other like one will Superman not be Like Superman 3 and 4. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know. I, if they don't get, if they don't get Scotty Schwartz back and Zach Ward and all the rest of those guys. No. I protest. I mean, assuming that they all still live in the same neighborhood and uh, well, that's what they'll do. Home. They'll write they'll write them off. You know, I mean, Scotty Schwartz is still, you know, in Hollywood. So is Zach Ward. You know, I think the kid who played Grover Dill, I think is like a hairdresser. I can't remember his name, but he's a really nice guy. Um, the one that played the little brother. Uh, I can't put my arms down that kid. <laughs> He became some sort of multimedia producer or something that I recall. And uh, I think I never met the kid who had the stocking cap hat. I never met that kid. Um, That's everybody, right? Yeah, that's everyone. So uh, if they're going to incorporate some of those people in, I mean, I'll be interested to see it. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, ugh. A terrible idea. I mean, it, it all it all depends on. I don't, I don't. There's nothing wrong with the idea because that's what's happening all over Hollywood, right? Is you make a sequel, how and and you age up the characters and the storyline to wherever they're at today, right? So, I mean, this this happens pretty regularly now. So it's not a bad idea if they execute it well and the movie's well received. If they do a bad job, then that's it's you know. Well, so I would say the idea is not bad. We'll see how the execution is. I guess question we'll is, is, is Peter Billingsley character the main character or is like his kid the main character and Peter Billingsley it's, playing the part of the dad? It's got to be Peter Billingsley. Mm-hmm. It has to be his story. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. You got it. It has to be. Him. They have like a ratty old version of the lamp. Like he <laughs> the, bought guy another who, one. the guy who played his dad was Gavin something. It's not McLeod. It's Gavin something. I don't remember what his name is. He's dead. I'm reasonably sure the woman that played his mother, I believe she is still alive and possibly like living in France or in Europe somewhere, something like that. I could be wrong about that too, but I think I'm right. I think that covers just about everybody in that film. I mean, as far as named characters go, the dad is Darren McGavin. So you had you had the Gavin part right, but it's Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin, that's it. Yeah, and the I, mom's still alive. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure she lives in like France or something. Yeah, she's 82 years old now. But I mean, again, it, it, if if you take the same formula and you have some voiceover. Maybe the voiceover is Peter Billingsley doing the voiceover, and then the story, but it's showing him, uh, you know, 
dealing with whatever the current story well, is. But it's the still original, from his perspective. The original voiceover was Gene Shepard, was the guy who wrote the story. Oh yeah, he actually read the read really. Yeah, Gene Shepard is a is a is a very well known short story writer from that from the, I guess the I want to say like the fifties and sixties maybe. Um, and he did the voiceover for that movie. That's who it is. It's the actual guy who wrote the story. I wonder who does the voiceover for this movie. Does he voiceover himself, or do you get an older person, someone's like seventy, to voiceover? Right, so now it's in, now it's supposed to. So before it was kid Ralphie, and then the the adult man's voice. Now it's yeah. adult Ralphie and an old man voice as the as the voiceover looking back. But um, I mean, again, remember like there's a lot of like uh, like dream sequences, fantasy sequences in in it. So now you know you'll see the fantasy sequence of an adult, like you know, like maybe maybe it's, the it's teacher, the teacher still alive. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, all these little cameos would be really nice. Yeah, yeah again, it, it is. You get when you when done right, it's the right combination of fan service and a good story, right? I don't know. I'm skeptical. Oh no, I, I mean, it's and you should too be. much a classic. That's really what the problem is. Yeah, I know. For me, that was you know what TNT shows it 24 hours in a row on Christmas, and I yeah. used yeah. to just leave it on, right? Not so, you yeah, know, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I can quote the movie pretty much straight through, and and so I mean, I hope that they do a good job and make it fun. All right. Well, do you want to move on to uh, the streamers? Yeah. Let's uh, let's skip over a Disney Plus for this week, and uh, let's see. Anybody watch Stranger Things yet? We can talk about Netflix for a minute. Almost done with it. Almost done. So I have not no, even started. Are we are we scheduled to do one a week? And isn't this week the boys? This week is the boys. So I'm just touching on Netflix for a moment just to see if there's okay. any general Netflix news, and then and then we'll do then we'll do the boys. But. Uh, I mean, so I haven't watched. I finished the boys. I have not watched any of Netflix. Uh, when last we spoke, Kev, you were one episode of each. So hopefully, you finished the boys. Did you get to any of the other? I stuff? did. I literally finished it before this show. Okay. <laughs> let so. me let me do some quick hits on on Netflix here because there's so much stuff going on. Um, I mean, Netflix has got some problems, right? They're laying off people. They are talking about putting commercials in. Uh, oh. I mean, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on over there. Let's see, what have they canceled? Well, so the only highlight I think is that they're producing a new series, uh, another season of Black Mirror. So hopefully that can again hold up to as good as the the previous seasons were. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, they canceled Sp- Space Force. Let's see, they've got a new Resident Evil coming out. Uh, David Fincher's going to direct episodes of Death and Ro- Love, Death and Robots in the third season of that. Let's see, Mindhunter still a possibility to get a third season of that. Did you? Did anybody watch Mindhunter other than me? No, I don't even know what the hell it is. Uh, Mindhunter is like the creation of the behavioral analysis unit. So, the where they work on the show Criminal Minds, this mm-hmm. is a fictionalized version of how that unit in the FBI came about and it stars uh, oh shoot I can't think of the actor's name uh, David Crummels I don't know who that is is that him okay is that just a name that you just made up I, I don't know no I didn't make it up it's an actor <laughs> I thought he's on one of those shows mind something 
but criminal uh, minds oh he might be on criminal minds this is but this is mind hunter mine but it's really good it's it's just it's 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 they're interviewing actual serial killers so you get kind of a real telling of the history of the creation of the unit you get the, the real story of the serial killer that they interviewed back in the you know the 50s when they were doing this and then you get you know the fictionalized story that goes along with it so it's not bad i really liked the first two seasons of it um but yeah it just i think that covid kind of shut it down and it seems as if they weren't going to come back but they still might so the two the three main characters you get jonathan groff that's the name that i was looking for right he's the voice of Kristoff uh in frozen he's also uh the king in hamilton like the original broadway cast then you got holt uh McCallany. and then you got Anna Torv. Those are the three principles of Mindhunter. Anna so, Torg? Torv, T O R V. Was she on um what, what was that show uh that that Zachary Levi was on? Anna Torv, let me see. What was that show? Uh Fringe. she was shoot. on Fringe is where where you might know Fringe. her from. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, I think that would be good if, if, if that could come back. Uh, we're still waiting. So the, the 90s show is going to be coming out soon. Uh, the Sandman is going to be coming out soon, right? So, you know. I mean, I'm looking forward to Sandman. Yeah. I'm looking forward to David Fincher episodes of Love and Robots. So now, I didn't even watch season two. Did you? Did anyone watch? I watched season one of Love, Death, and Robots. Did you guys watch season two? No. No, it's it's no, I it's on my list of things to watch, but I haven't watched a single episode yet. I never seen it, but I saw people talk about it. So here's what I felt about Love, Death, and Robots. They were interesting little short stories, but it seemed like more of an excuse to say, "Oh, this is animation. We can be ultra violent. We can be ultra uh, steamy. You know, like lots of sex, gratuitous sex, gratuitous violence." And because it's animation, we can get away with it, and it doesn't really need to be... It's not really justified by the story, right? The stories are fine, but they could have told the story without the the graphic nature of it, but I think they went extra graphic because it was animation. Speaking of gratuitous sex and violence, the boys. <laughs> I think, yeah, we can move on to the boys. Yeah, that's definitely... It, it, but that's where it's gratuitous, but it it's not there for no reason. It fits in the universe of the boys and it doesn't feel like they're doing it just to do it like they do in like love death and robots that's that's, really that's the difference did, i really did expect more from the hero gasm episode yeah see that's what i said last week it 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 was graphic but it's no more graphic than the rest of and than any other episode it didn't, it didn't i mean i mean it's kind of like they took every sex uh, scene from that show girls from hbo and stuck it in one episode of heroes <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that's literally. I mean, if you've ever seen that show, Girls, and that's kind of what it was like. It's kind of like they took every sex and nudity scene in the show Girls and stuffed it into one episode of of the boys. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Weird. Let me do this before we move on too far. Attention: the following information is considered spoiler material. All right. That way, that way, if we cover any spoilers, we don't have to worry about it. Because I think technically the last episode just came out last Friday, right? But by the time mm -hmm. this gets out, it'll be two weeks from when it, when it came out. Yeah, so. close enough. Um, yeah, so I also think that in the Herogasm episode, 
if they hadn't already done the joke about the guy with the giant dick that can, you know, that his superpower was being able to have a prehensile penis, if they hadn't already done that joke, I think it would have made, would have been funnier, you know, but they did that last season. Yeah. Meh. I mean, you're right. So it was meh when you see it in the Hero Gasm episode. It wasn't a big deal. Anyway. So, Kev, you start. What are your thoughts on, do you want to go episode by episode or just talk about the whole season in general? No, I, I think we can talk about the season. I think it was a good season. I thought it dragged in some parts. But I also think that the parody um, was a little too close to home yeah. this season also. And I think they're really gearing it that way. You know, they're really gearing. And what, didn't we have a story on the show about, like, people being upset like right-wing guys being upset to find out that homelander is the bad guy in the show i think that i think that you just mentioned that last week i didn't see a specific article about that but i mean it, it would make sense it's like if you can't tell that homelander's the bad guy that's the whole reason yeah that's a problem yeah. i mean there's no redemptive arc for that character because if that's what you're waiting for you might as well keep waiting because <laughs> he ain't gonna all of a sudden turn good and he didn't this season at all. No. Yeah. You know, but I mean, the way that they're sort of tying it into the the political and social climate of the country right now, I think is genius on many levels. Yeah. You know, um, and then you you also tie in the fact that they've, uh, you know, they, they're giving us more of the characters in the universe and, and rather than sort of just the same ones. Um, it was a lot broader. Soldier Boy, I thought was a great character. That's a great Captain America riff. Um, you know, and they played it just like a parody of the MCU Captain America with the old films and everything else, just just the same way. You know, and he fought in World War II and blah, 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 and so on. And so, I mean, for me, it was a great season because as a Captain America fan, I can appreciate a good parody of captain america and we we kind of had that but as far as advancing the overall story forward uh i thought it was an excellent job i thought they did a really excellent job yeah you know what because i would say like even going back to the first season it's like how do you sustain this story and they've done a really good job of you know getting not just to a season two but you know a season three and then you know they've already started production on season four and so it's like yeah like they're doing a good job of of you know, you kind of think, oh, you, you're going to you're going to get up to, you know, Butcher and Homelander have a square off and then th that's going to be it. But no, they've been able to, to really write a plot that can keep going, which is. Yeah, strong. And I, I, I also think, although they haven't said it yet, I can't see that four isn't the last one. Fourth and final. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't see them being able to troll this another season after the fourth season, especially since the way, I mean, again, we're talking about spoilers. We know what's going on with butcher. Yeah. I don't see the show without him in it. No, I just, I just don't see it, but and they could also easily cure it, You know, they could easily write in a cure for him too. They, yeah, so, you know. I, they could. Yeah. But I just, I think that would be awful if that's what they did. Yeah. And I don't remember, are we, I think we're out of book territory now, aren't we? Well, Let's let's no. talk about that for no, a we second. We have plenty of room still. Uh, Do we? Okay. But there, there's a major major change from the book to the series regarding Black Noir, right? And yeah. I, I've never read the books, but I had done a little bit enough research to know that when they did the Black Noir reveal this season, I'm yeah. like, okay, that that totally deviates from the books. Yes. Because and so again, spoiler for the books now, right? 
in the books, Black Noir is a clone of Homelander who was created to be able to destroy Homelander just in case. And he's actually the one that like frames Homelander and actually raped Butcher's wife and all that kind of stuff. So he was the real bad guy. And Homelander was just to some degree An innocent and driven crazy by yeah by uh, by Black Noir, right? And that storyline, idiot. Yeah, and so that storyline's completely different on the show. So yeah, so I was shocked when uh, we get that first flashback and you see uh, Black Noir uh, unmasked. Yeah. So that just I'm like, oh okay, so it's just a completely different character. So. And that also, I mean, even the fact that we're not out of book material, when you have a major change like that, how does it affect the story moving forward? Are they going to move further away from the book? Are they going to be able to use any of that information that they have in the book in order to advance the story forward? I mean, there's a number of different, you know, obviously issues and concerns there. So, uh, Sandwich, have you read the books? I know enough about them. I read them a while ago, like skimming them because I found them one day. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Let me just read this. But at, at like, this point, in yeah. if we were in the books, yes, Butcher would have killed Homelander and Black Noir by now, right? So we did Herogasm, no. and then not long after Herogasm, do we give? Can we spoil comics if it's not at this no. point? Well, I mean, we we can, but we can't. The books have been out forever. Exactly. Um, like Homelander goes to the White House and like kills the president. Butcher comes to kill him, and then you get the Black Noir reveal, and the three of them have a a fight it out, and Noir and Homelander die, and then you know Butcher walks away. So yeah, so it feels like in in this storyline that that's yeah. what we would have just seen at the end of this season. Yeah, if if that was going to happen, so yeah. also so Homelander still being dead, around. What we got was Soldier Boy got, is nowhere near as, as powerful or important. Yeah, in the comics as well. I don't even think he has these powers. I think he's just a guy. Yeah, but you it's. I mean, I mean it, that's instead of the noir, we got we got the three way fight between. Well, at least in the middle, well, not the middle. Toward the end, we got the three way fight between Butcher, Homelander and uh and soldier boy but then at the end we had that you know the mave fight and so on and so forth so, yeah yeah a bit different yeah you know what my my thing is i really have enjoyed the changes actually i think the show is and i'll say this and you if you disagree with me call the gvm line 201-730-2547 hold on i'm dialing Okay, I think this show is a, a bit better than the comic, for sure. I enjoy the story more than I did the comic. I think the points are a little better, and like I just, I've just enjoyed the story more overall. So, with the changes, you know, I'm also trying to just do this better as a person. I didn't mind that they changed Black Noir. I didn't mind, you know, them making Soldier Boy more important. I didn't mind that, you know, Herogasm wasn't as bad as it could have been. <laughs> you know, and some of the other liberties. I think it was as took. bad as it could have been for TV. Oh, yeah. Like, and then, you know, they did some other liberties with, like, the powers they got from the drugs, and now it's temporary because it wasn't temporary in the com. Like, yeah, like, I'm not gonna... Because I feel like I used to... I'm trying to not be so, but like, you're not the real source material. You know what I mean? I'm trying to not be that guy. 
but I, I've enjoyed the guy the who at the end of the Watchmen movie goes, oh, oh, yeah. where's yeah. the big squid? Exactly. So I, uh, I've, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the season from everything I've seen. Yeah, I, I would say I would say this, though, too, that I don't think that no matter how good the comic writing is, no matter how good the art in the comic is, I don't think that you're going to feel the same menace that you get by watching the, that actor play Homelander. I'm like, you, cause you can just see, you can see the crazy, you can see, yeah. you can see the, the, the power, you know, you know, you know that he could just kill anybody at any moment. I mean, you know, that, that guy's never going to get work again <laughs> because there's no way you come off of that character and are like, all right, well this time you're going to play a dad yeah. and he's got a couple of kids <laughs> and wacky hilarity ensues, you know, like, no, that guy is destined to be like a serial killer and he may also play one in a movie. Yeah. So, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, he is full. I mean, and, 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 and we know as well, we, we spoke on this program about the fact that he's had run-ins already with the law. Yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I mean, enjoy whatever his name is. Enjoy him now. Cause I don't think you're going to get, if you get anything out of him after this, it would be a miracle. Speaking of miracles, I don't know if this is on the prep sheet or not, but I'm going to add this to the conversation. Uh, Ezra Miller out as the Flash, right? Right. I think that's been firmly established now, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there is a letter writing and online letter writing. Listen to me. Uh, everyone <laughs> You're got almost as old quill. as me with that. Everyone got their quill and inkwell out and started writing a letter. Um, there's a campaign. That's fair. There's a campaign to get... Um, Elliot Page to replace Ezra Miller as the Flash, which I thought was really interesting. I, I thought you were going to say that there's a campaign to to save Ezra Miller as the Flash. I'm just like, who would be so out of touch as to write letters saying, "No, we really want I this want guy the, to still." I be. want, I want that list. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. want that list so that we can start sending them pieces that they didn't order. Yeah, because wow. <laughs> So El Elliot Page, that's interesting. That's 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 yeah. There's that's an actual there's an actual yeah. thing about that. I I say why not? You know, Elliot Page is is probably more qualified than Ezra Miller. Yes, and I can't recall. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Elliot Page has choked out anyone. So that would make Elliot Page. There's still time. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, I mean, that would make that would make Elliot Page at least a far better bet. El Elliot Page has some catching up to do. If he wants to live up to the role, like I would get the farm and the kids and the guns now and start getting that ready. Pre pre gaming, yeah, I get yeah. You. If you want to really, you know, you know, it's horrible. What do you think Ezra are the Miller? odds in like twenty or thirty years we get an Ezra Miller biopic? <laughs> No, nah, I don't think so. I think <laughs> he's going to go away. He'll be lost to obscurity. Yeah, nobody will care. You think so? I think he's, he's going to go away or he's going to or he's going to go you away. You think for he won't pick, pick up like going to come of, back. Won't pick up some like enigma a... status. He'd be like, "What was Ezra Miller?" Yeah, he'll you know, he'll away for a decade and then maybe he'll, you know, he'll catch some role in some terrible movie. Some B movie. That actually turns out to be amazing, you know. That's yeah. what happened to Jackie Earl Haley. Did Jackie Earl Haley have 
legal issues like that? He he didn't. No, 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 not in the same way. Um, and not legal issues. He just, uh, you know, he kind of he never sort of grew into the 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 handsome guy and he just kind of got abandoned by Hollywood. You know, he's working in like a flower shop or something. And um, he was in not even relative, but actual obscurity, you know, and then he uh, I'm trying to remember what the movie was. I I don't think it was Little Children. I feel like there was one before that. Little Children was the first movie that he had made in a while where he got noticed. <laughs> and and it was because he made and he didn't it was excellent in that movie. Absolutely an absolutely excellent performance. He might have been nominated possibly for something for that movie. I might be wrong about that. But and then from there, Rorschach, he also turned up in the Lincoln movie as uh one of the uh confederate negotiators which also was i i thought a really uh i mean brief performance like every performance in that movie um other than daniel day lewis but it you know like he does he did turn up in a bunch of things he he was the terror on the tick show the 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 short-lived live action of the tick the more recent one yeah and he also uh i just thought of this as well he was um he was Freddy Krueger when they attempted to reboot the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, he replaced Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. I mean, it never went anywhere, just the one film. But I mean, and he was really great in that too. So I, I don't see Ezra Miller. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. He could just go down the hole of obscurity and never come back. But there is also the possibility that you know, he'll get his shit together and at some point turn up in some small role that turns out to be a really great performance. And, you know, maybe that restarts his career going in the right direction. You know, it, it happens. Mickey Rourke's probably another great example of that. Yeah. Bunch of movies, all kind of problems came back and uh, did he win for the wrestler? He was nominated for best actor for I the wrestler. I think I don't think he won, but yeah, that, that was like, and I wouldn't even say that that rebooted his career because he hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot after. But it no, was just no, it was no, just but it was at critical that time, No, it was the wrestler. Then he was the Iron Man two. Oh, that's true. And then like there were some other things. I mean, he did. It was like he just sort of. I well, mean, yeah. he still turned out to be a weirdo. I forget. You know? I forgot Come, that uh, it was the wrestler and Aunt May. You know, him and him and Aunt May were in that movie, and then he's in Iron Man two, and yeah, I mean, just I don't know. Uh, whiplash and aunt may had a little side affair it was lonely all right but that's the point i'm making is that you know like they can you know if they can get their shit together for a brief period they can get land back on their feet it doesn't always happen but they can yeah yeah well so any any final thoughts on uh the boys season three no, I, I, I suspect now uh, what what we're going to eventually start hearing is that, you know, this will be the last season and it's going to be more insane than any season before and so I on. I think if it is, it'd have to be a little more. I, I'm giving it 12 episodes then. I don't feel like eight is enough. Unless you do like the Stranger Things idea where yeah, it's like the maybe. last couple episodes are like two hours long. Fe- feature length episodes, yeah. Yeah. 
then I could see them doing eight episodes. But if, if this is the last season, they need. I feel like they need just a couple more episodes. Yeah, I, I well, what we'll I see. what I do like again it, when when uh, Deadwood came out, like you're mm-hmm. watching an episode of Deadwood and you had that feeling like any character could get killed at any time. This is a dangerous world. Like, yeah. and I liked that feeling. That's what made the. That's one of the things that I think made that show so good. And you feel what that I in the boys like, too, right? What I didn't like about Deadwood is all of a sudden it ended. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was stupid. Yeah. It was unfortunate. <laughs> the way it was handled. Uh, yeah. Deadwood over there on HBO. Uh, let's talk about HBO. Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Do we mention that they're talking about doing a Jon Snow sequel series? Stupid. Yeah. They. Yeah. I think it's a bad idea. I don't think it'll stupid. go anywhere. And do you know, and you know, when the first time, you know, they started talking about that was when Eternals is named the worst Marvel movie, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, that doesn't mean he has to run back to Jon Snow. How about we give Black Panther a chance or, or Black, Black Knight? Knight? Why don't we give the Black Knight a chance? You know, just because, you know, he originated in a piece of shit movie. That doesn't mean that, you know, the character isn't going to shine at some other point. Mm-hmm. you know give them a chance and and again there's there's a bit in to, to bounce back to thor there's a bit in thor that actually is relevant to that story too um the one of the end credits is sort of in a in a wider way relevant relevant to to you know the that mcu character the, in a way the, the black knight is is an avenger in the comics right mm-hmm. so if and if, a defender and a defender. Oh wow. Oh, so he's so he's is he more street level? I don't think so. I, oh. I wouldn't call him street level. No, but don't the forget, defend, defenders the in the comics. Street. Defenders in the comics is like the B League Avengers. They weren't street level characters. The defenders. Oh okay. Well, I, I'm just going off the the Netflix yeah. show, right? Because because yeah, were... don't go off the Netflix because if we're we're I'm talking comic book defenders. Okay. Not MCU Defenders is a whole different thing. Comic book Defenders was like, wasn't it like Beast and Moon Dragon and Black Knight and I can't even remember. I'm looking. I'm thinking about the little box in the upper left hand corner of of the comic book yeah. for the little faces that are in there. I just can't even remember. But uh, yeah, but that was really it. Was really like a B list Avengers title, really. All right. There's got to be a list somewhere of characters that were in the Defenders. Yep. I'll look. I'll look that up while I'm looking that up. Okay. Uh, Amelia Clark said that she has no interest in Return. Although you know, if it's a sequel, she's going to be dead, so it doesn't matter. Uh, spoiler for Game of Thrones if you didn't see season seven. Um, eight. Eight. Sorry. But uh, George R. R. Martin says his forthcoming novel, The Winds of Winter, will be quite different from the Game of Game of Thrones TV show storyline. No kidding. It's not going to come out. <laughs> it will come out, come out and he'll just keep saying it's different because then people will go buy it to see how it's different i mean when did the last one come out like 1975 i'm pretty sure reagan was president the last book came out so scott did you get the first book at your elementary school library yeah i got it from the, was it on from the book fair right you know the uh yeah. scholastic scholastic books fair. it was on stone tablets george rr R. martin uh chiseled it out like fred flintstone I, I mean, like, like, so I'm tangentially excited for the Targaryen show because that sounds like a cool concept to me, like for two seasons, and then it will be bad. 
Um, well, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think you're generous. But Game of Thrones as a as a property overall, it used to be really up there. It used to be like the talk of the town, and then the last of couple course. seasons just 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 killed it. And like, then you you know like exactly the character development they had for Daenerys yeah. just killed it. They really, I mean, it it was an unexpected hit, and mm-hmm. so therefore they didn't know what to do with themselves. And they knew it was going to end. They knew it had to end, you know. And so, you know, I think I feel like they were at least in some capacity caught off guard somewhat. Oh, yeah. Which is why we're still how many years away from the last episode? And we still don't have a we still don't have a sequel series. Yeah, I mean, it it will go down in history as a spectacular fall from grace, right? You know, it had this meteoric rise and then one of the literal worst endings in yeah. television, it's I always like. it's always going to have a, a obviously you know an exaggeration lost. to a degree, but lost up, will always be the worst. Oh, so lost can be never be one, the worst. But I'm saying like Game of Thrones is definitely in a league around there. Yeah, like they play in a similar ballpark. So, so, Maybe. so speaking of shows on HBO Max, so Westworld's coming out with season season four is out right now. Right now, right. yeah. Did anybody? I watched season three. It was a drastic deviation from seasons one and two almost like it had nothing to do with seasons one and two and then i hear in season four they're kind of going back to the well i don't know did did anybody did anybody else watch season three? i haven't I, even the, i watched the first episode of season two i think was the last one that i watched the premise of westworld just never picked never grabbed my attention and i never heard no one ever came up to me and said dom you should watch westworld so it was like dom i'm watching it you know Season one was strong, but it's only strong because you don't know what's going on the whole time, right? It, Much it's like, also strong because it's a sci-fi concept from 1964. Yeah, but so so much like uh, uh, the Witcher, right? The first season of the Witcher, you're not quite, you know, you're not quite sure how all the pieces fit together till the end, and then it's like, oh, and and when all the pieces fit together, that season becomes stronger, taken as a whole, right? I think the first season of Westworld is like that too. It's like you're not quite sure what's going on. When you finally get to the end of the first season, oh yeah, so now it all fits together and it feels much more satisfying. But then they couldn't follow up on it. Season two was okay. It was not nearly as good as season one. And then season three is almost like it's completely unrelated. So I'm committed now. I'm three seasons in. I'll probably try to see season four just to see where they go with it. But uh, I don't have to. I'm not. Scott, I I have dropped things with much more commitment. It's okay. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's definitely going to go back to the bottom of the list. You know, oh, I know, I, I know a it. show that sandwich dropped commitment to. What's that? This the one? sandwich shop. <laughs> no, he's committed in perpetuity to do a show every episode, and that's why he cannot. Uh, he can't come I'd out like and play to, today. Uh, he's got to do his homework. I'd like to quote William Shakespeare when I say, "Words, words, words." I have the key to your unit <laughs> i know i know blackmail i know what blackmail sounds like oh boy i think that's probably a good place for us to take a break and with that we <laughs> will take our first and only break on this episode of geek stuff tng episode 688 86 damn it 686 you went for it i appreciated that you you were close i was committed but then i bailed on that commitment See what I did there? 
And with that, uh, we'll be uh, we'll take that break, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. What's up? This is Mikey T, host of the Failing Hollywood Podcast. I'm just a guy who plays with props behind the scenes. On our show, we have guests who also work behind the scenes, and we joke around, we drop names, we tell real on-set stories. We even play some film games, only on the Failing Hollywood Podcast, found wherever podcasts can be found. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. And now, another classic Geek Stuff ID. Hello, nurse. This is Yakko. And Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to Big Cav's Geek Stuff. Keep him tuned in. Yeah, because if you don't, he'll kill you. Yeah, he is really big, folks. We're looking at him. It's scary. We're totally insane. Inky 
and the brainy Animaniacs, those are the facts. Geek Stuff TNG. Here you go. Okay, well, now I'm sure. <laughs> That's a good way to start the commercial with the crunch of a lovely palm crisp. That's right. No Geek Stuff TNG would be complete without Parm Crisp Snack Mix. Parm Crisps are full of all the nutrients you need and the wonderful flavors you have come to love and know, like Parm. Crisp. Yeah, also crisp. Almonds, cashews, pistachios, three grams of net carbs per serving. Net carbs, Kev, does that mean that it has some carbs that cancel out because it doesn't have sugar? Yeah, it has diet, it has fiber in it and no added sugar. So you take the fiber, you remove the fiber from the carbohydrates, the dietary fiber. And who makes Parm Crisps? Are they their own company? I believe so. Wow, an independent company too. Looking at their website, parmcrisps.com, it says our original blend of Parm Crisps, you can get an everything tub, an original pouch, you can get the ranch snack mix pouch or sour cream and onion pouch what's your favorite kev i haven't seen sour cream and onion what was that i like i like the original i like the original but the ranch one is fine too i'd like to try sour cream and onion it's probably very good yeah you could get the variety pack oh looking at all of the ingredients oh you see sir i i get them at the costco in the large size because i eat so many delicious parm crisps Oh, looking at the website, let's see what's in the variety pack. You got cheddar, original, jalapeno, everything, four cheese, and sour cream. They all sound delicious. Yeah, but I don't think they're doing the big, what is this, 20 ounce. I don't think they're doing, are they doing 20 ounces of all those flavors? I don't know. For more information on Parm Crisps, go to parmcrisps.com and find them at your better retailers today. When you buy them, mention Geek Stuff TNG for absolutely no discount. Reach them at checkout and look like a weirdo. <laughs> Reach out to them at farmcrisp.com and tell them you heard about Farm Crisps from Geek Stuff TNG. Live from the sandwich shop, Party Productions in sunny Southern California and Big Hefuna Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get what 18 scale hangar accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members, and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received. 
fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. So speaking of X-Wings, you know, I always love Which hearing about it. I know. I always love hearing the live read for our wonderful sponsor, buildxwing.com. Um, did you see that an original model from the movie sold at auction for $2.3 of an X-Wing? Oh, yeah. I think it was at Celebration. Was that at Celebration that it happened? I think that ship was at Celebration. Oh, okay. And I think, uh, what's his name? Who's that guy who had the science show? Bill they Nye? Like proof- Bill Nye? No. The one who was, <laughs> there were two of them. They were like disproving Oh, Mythbusters. 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 The Mythbusters. Mythbusters. Sylvester's guy. back he- again this week. <laughs> Say it. Fuckering Slickatash. Mythbusters. Slickatash. Um, uh, that, that guy, I think he did a video, whichever one of them is still around. He did a video of him looking at some of those original, do you remember those original props that were there, Scott? There was a mm-hmm. cantina yeah, and member mask. And I was like, ah, oh! and hands. And I was like, well, oh yeah, those are pretty pricey. And you're right. It's now I, I know the booth you're talking about. Yeah. They, they were showing yeah. you these things that were then going to be going to auction. So yeah. Yeah. It was like heritage auctions or some shit. Anyway, the point is, is that it doesn't surprise me that it sold for that much. Um, and I'm now wondering what that mask and hands set sold for. You could probably you could probably look that up. So wait, did I you did you did. say that the, the walrus guy from Mythbusters is dead? No, I just said the one of them who is still like doing content. I oh, don't know what happened to the other. I thought you said the one who's still around as if the other one was around was like gone. making content. Okay, I think right. I don't know what happened to the other guy. Okay. I think he's like just out of media. I mean yeah. Mythbusters was on for so long he probably can afford to retire right on his syndication yeah. deal. The other guy's a super nerd though. Like he has tons of nerd videos, number one, but he's like making you know, like he's making prop replicas and things, and yeah, he's like he's a ridiculous nerd. Yeah, I oh. forget his name, but yeah, he's know. he's that guy from Mythbusters. All right. <laughs> well, let's do this. Geek stuff, comic news. Smell that? That's the smell of new comic books. Uh, so we already we covered the big story last week that Casada's uh, gone from Marvel. Another loss for Marvel. The Conan license. No, oh, no, no. Stop. What? That's not a loss. Saying, for, that's not a loss for Marvel. Excuse another me. loss for Marvel, as though Joe was a loss for Marvel. I think losing Joe is a boon to Marvel. However, I'll state this again: the damage is already done. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. He not only ruined the industry in which he works but the he ruined it from the top and it's never coming back so let's let's give credit where credit is due joe did a lot to ruin comics and he should get credit for doing so i think at every opportunity joe quesada should get credit for destroying comics and destroying marvel comics in particular yeah it was funny i have a, a friend of mine who's 
been trying to get into comics and we've been trying to like me and my friends have been trying to give him recommendations he's running recommendations and he's new to comics like started literally like a couple months ago he's like dom how come marvel comics suck I'm like <laughs> well you know that's a tough well question let me really tell answer. you about the early 90s <laughs> i'm like well you know there's many words i could say but they wouldn't give you the full picture so so what you need to say is look you need to go to patreon.com slash geek stuff tng and subscribe at the uh five dollar a month the level, level. The, the, the tier that gives you old geek stuff episodes right the the, the vintage you'll, episodes. all you'll do is hear about how the the comic industry devolved i mean, it was already it was already so far down the slide at that point even when we started the show it was they were they were practically unreadable. I mean, OG and I were giving it the old college try. You know, we were trying to keep comics. You know, we were trying to point out when things were good. It was just it was just impossible. You know, really really difficult. So, well, something you won't be able to read over at Marvel anymore is the Conan comics. The title is the the they lose the, the right. The license is moving on. Yep, they've lost the, the, the rights to Conan. Good for Robert E. Howard's estate. Now, where do they go is the question. I hope it's Who not cares? DC. Nearly anywhere. Anywhere yeah. would be better. Archie yeah. would be better. I can see him going to Image. Archie presents Conan the Barbarian. I would buy every issue. You heard it here first, guys. I would. They're, you laugh. They'll, they'll do, they'll do uh, alternate covers with uh, Veronica hanging out with Conan. I would totally oh, do it. You know what? It's not going anywhere. Conan is in the public. Conan is in the public domain. Huh. There Does you it go. matter then? So now, so nope. what? What that means is you can write you a comic are doing one. or make a movie, Conan versus Winnie the Pooh, and you're all set. You're totally free because <laughs> they're both in the public domain. Is Winnie the Pooh in public domain now? Oh yeah, yes. you didn't you didn't hear didn't we? I think maybe on an episode where it was just uh, Sandwich and I we talked about it a little bit. Somebody made a weird like horror movie, like a Winnie the Pooh horror movie, because Winnie the Pooh's in the public domain now. Again, not the Disney version of Winnie the Pooh, but Winnie the Pooh from Winnie the Pooh horror so, movie. Was it the one? Was it the one with uh, Ewan McGregor? No, no, it was. No, it was a that was a cute movie. One. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen it, but it's the only I, Pooh I movie I can think of. Now, see, what you do now is alternate universe where Christopher Robin grew up into Conan <laughs> and Pooh Bear follows him around like holding his sword. And he says, oh, bother yeah. every time Conan beheads someone. Oh, bother. <laughs> you are off the reservation. No, I am in public domain. <laughs> Public door. You, yeah. Again, and the he goes up extraordinary against Cthulhu. Gentleman. Right. C- and he goes Kevin, up against you, Cthulhu. That's the sequel. You're spoiling it. <laughs> it's all leading. You know what? You I know can't what we do should it now. create. You know what we should create. <laughs> we should create. We should create the <laughs> the in the public domain universe. The public domain universe. <laughs> the public domain universe. Yeah. The public get get that website, Scott. Go, go grab grab that. Uh, uh, grab that domain, public, so, so, public. So, uh, who's our Avengers? Public domainiverse. Conan, Pooh Bear, Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I mean, all you got to start doing is looking at characters that are in the. There's a ton of pulp superheroes in the public domain. 
Mm-hmm. I've recently started watching. Um, I stumbled across a YouTube channel. I think it's called Fizz Pop. I think this guy's brilliant. He does videos of like old pulp superhero characters and gives you like the full history and you know when they turned up in those little serial movies and mm-hmm. and their comic appearances and everything else and they're really really interesting and i think all of those guys most of them anyway are in the public domain you know so you you know it, the public domain verse i think would be hysterically funny you know conan versus cthulhu you know just stuff like that i mean that would be awesome yeah and you i remember publicdomainiverse.com I, I guess i have to get it before this goes out on uh out live i'll check it out grab it because um, you know someone will and they'll make a mint <laughs> we could just squat on it and sell we it just later open it well we could do that but we can also just we could just put like uh just make it a fan fiction website hey submit your public domainiverse stories uh right here at publicdomainiverse.com yeah I mean, it Scott, really is. Scott, you grab that. I grab that idea. domain. I'll have to go get it. Did you grab that other one? I did. Wait, which okay, one? Good. Yeah, I got. I, I'm pretty sure I got. The, I got the other one. Um, the one, the one from Celebration. That yeah, one. Yeah, I got that one. I got that one. Did I you got... get? The, did you get the? Did you get the? Did you get the D and D one? Um, I don't remember. I'll have to check. Okay. I'll have to check. Oh my goodness! So there, there is a website. Um, I can't remember what it is. I'll have to look at it. We talked about it right at the beginning of the year. Um, when, because it was, here's the list of everything that comes in the public domain in 2022. And then there was a website that like just listed all the uh, properties that are in the public domain. So I'd recommend going to check that out. I'll find it and maybe That's I'll post brilliant. it in the show notes. Oh my God. We totally got to do that. Just open it up for fan fiction. Yeah. Publicdomainiverse.com. Publicdomainiverse.com. I'll check it out. This, all right. I will I will have that. Uh, you know what? That's the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. This episode absolutely no. is called Public Domainiverse. Only if he gets it first. Yeah, we'll see. Publicdomainiverse.com. Sandwich, do a search. See if, it's, see if it exists right now. Um, okay, well, he has to search at GoDad. Oh, just put it in. See if anything comes up. I'll, I can't do it in the middle of the show. I'll do it after the show. Um, so, yeah. So, Conan's moved on. Let's, let's move on before we get going too far. Uh, let's see. Looks like uh, over in Batman comics, there's a new writer, Chip Zdarsky. Is got Chip a new Zdarsky, run. yeah, yeah. So he's he's run, got a run on the Dark Knight. Good um, guy. Looks like the three Jokers might have been back in episode or issue one twenty five. There's an episode where the Joker's a Velociraptor. Is that in the? Aren't they doing something where they're back in time or like it's like Jurassic DC or something like I that? I have no idea. There's something going on right now in the Joker's no a Velociraptor. Idea um when mcfarland makes a toy of it then i'll then i'll look it up (laughs) yeah the joker velociraptor you'll have to get that for your for your list uh let's see let's move on to uh gaming news over in video games uh bernie stoller isn't there a isn't there a stinger for that is there a game is there a game i don't think i have a game one are you sure i don't think so no i don't have a game stinger need to get the voice on that i'll give you a list of things the voice needs to record um, Bernie Stoller, who helped launch both the PlayStation and the Dreamcast, passed away. Thought I would hmm. mention that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nintendo is focusing on a new console. That's their major focus. Does anybody care? I mean, nope. I mean, because they failed the last it, two, right? I mean, the 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 Wii was a big failure, and then what was the follow up to the Wii? 
The Wii, Wii wasn't U. a failure. It had a gangbuster opening. Uh, it just fell off a cliff. Right. Yeah. No. So yeah, that's that, you're right. The Wii isn't a failure. Nobody cares about the Wii anymore. Then they came out with what's the what was the one after the Wii? Not the Wii U. Maybe maybe it is the Wii U. And then what's the one right now that? The Switch. The Switch. And is that how successful? I know a bunch of people got them, but does anybody I mean, care about the Switch the thing anymore? Is the, they put out games because like Nintendo doesn't have like a handheld console right now they have the switch which is your handheld console and your at home console because they can do both right and that's a hook in plug it in right you could you have like it's like a station you can plug it in it's on your tv and if you want you take it out of the station you walk around with it you can have it like in you know anywhere so it's a great idea the thing is now like i said they used to have there'd be a handheld option for gaming for nintendo and the at home option well, now this is the option. There is no A or B. There is the Switch. Right. So, you know, the Switch came out about five years ago at this point. And they're spending... that long ago? Damn. 2017, it came out. Wow. Um, you know, they're putting all of their major money-making games into the Switch. The Pokemons. Right. The kids love the Pokemon. Nintendo... Like the Mario games, Legend of Zelda, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, you know, those are their games that make them billions. So with all on one console now, they can make so much money, it's it's pardon my French retarded. So the fact that, you know, at some point we can get another console and they can make it a thousand dollars and the Nintendo nerds will buy it, not even question it. Because it's the only option. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, well, um, let's see. Sticking in the video game genre, over at Activision, they are claiming that there was no widespread harassment at Activision. So, uh, I mean, it's great to come out with that after everyone said there's been harassment. <laughs> All the news about Activision for the last year and a half has been widespread harassment, and then said, the spokesman Nuh-uh. for Activision Nuh-uh. says, "Uh, we didn't do that." Nuh-uh. No. What? No. Uh-uh, you don't got no proof. Uh-uh. I believe the official quote is fake news from Activision. Um, let's see. Wow. <laughs> um, how about Magic the Gathering? There's no D&D news this week, so I don't get to pull the D&D stinger out. But what about Magic the Gathering? Uh, did, are you going to be buying all the Warhammer 40K cards? It's still yeah, stupid. Still, so, so here's the thing. Speaking of stupid, um, this is my, my small Hasbro land. Hasbro also owns Magic the Gathering. Um, in the infinite wisdom, they decided to do a Magic the Gathering and Warhammer crossover set. To be a whole set of Warhammer cards set in the Magic the Gathering universe with Magic the Gathering effects and all that stuff. Now, Magic the Gathering has been doing these like crossover things we talked about for the past of couple years. It started with like there were Godzilla reskins of cards. Now, so there you had a card. What did they call they those Godzilla things? reskin? What do they call it when when it was like the exclusives that that you couldn't secret buy in the layer. stores? Secret is, is this is this uh, Warhammer a secret layer or is this available? No, this widely? is a real set that you okay. can buy in so a this, store. So you at can least buy this it's not at a local game store. Okay. Um, yeah. So they did, they did cards that were real, and then they said, okay, here's a Godzilla print of it, and then they did the Walking Dead cards, which caused a lot of problems because it was only a secret layer and they were exclusive cards so that was a problem they keep trying to do this thing where they try to make 
some other like uh, entity that has fans and pull them into magic by making magic cards of them. 40k doesn't fit in Magic the Gathering. And it's it's really weird from the get-go because uh, Hasbro doesn't own that license. Yes. So they must be borrowing the license. And of all the licenses in the world, why on earth would they choose 40k? Yes. So they're not going to do toys from it because no. McFarlane has the license. That at McFarlane and Joy Toy and who's the other one? Bandai. The three companies have licenses to do toys uh, mm. from three and three quarter to six inch to seven inch because that's what McFarlane technically is. Uh, so, so why? Why on earth would they do this? This is the worst idea. But does does it's, Warhammer like just have a lot of crossover with D and D and D and Magic players? Is that what they? No, would, it, it doesn't. I mean, in the sense that they're all popular games that are probably being yeah. played in the similar same game stores. Yeah, yeah, they that yeah. I'd say that's a fair. That's probably the fairest assessment that we're going to get here, or the fairest point that we're going to make is that all of these things exist in the same sort of small store gaming store universe same ecosystem. Yeah, so I think that's a fair assessment. GameStoreUniverse.com, I'm going to buy it. I think it's by and large the reason that it's happening, if I'm being honest. That's what I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, so Hasbro, you know, just they do things. The thing, another problem, too, is there's perpetually never enough time to enjoy everything because the second they put something out, they're immediately spoiling the next bunch of cart, the next batch of stuff. So the, the buyer's fatigue of Magic the Gathering is ridiculous. So something just came out now, super expensive, super exclusive, super FOMO. We're only going to print it one time. If you miss it, you miss it, you know? <laughs> and then they're going to start making new cards, and they're going to start making new cards. And literally, they're just milking us for money. It's almost as it's, if it's a profit motive. It's crazy, though. They don't stop. Like they literally for the past couple of years have just been printing stuff almost bi-monthly when it used to be like once every quarter. Now it's once every other week almost. It feels like something new is being spoiled and coming out. So I'm gonna say this, it might be controversial on this show. Yeah. You don't have to buy all of them. But you do to some degree because they leave incentives in there for <laughs> you to have to do it. Like, oh, we're, we're, it's limited run. We, you, you're going to miss it. And then the card that you want, that's $70, will be $20 for a week. And then it'll be $60 again. You know, it's... And, and it's, they're still, like, unlike Beanie Babies, yeah. like, rare cards are still, like, they're still pulling value, like, on eBay and there, stuff. There right? are guys in this world who have definitely funded their entire house on Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. There are people, there. There's a there is a stock market for Magic right. the Gathering cards. You know, if you go on YouTube and you look up like MTG Magic the Gathering like stock or like MTG uh like just pricing, you'll see a bunch of videos of literally it's finance dudes for Magic the Gathering who'll break down here's cards in this area, here's how much they've gone up, here's how much they've gone down. And there are cards thousands of dollars. And especially once COVID hit, things that were like a couple hundred dollars became several thousand dollars. And things that were several thousand dollars were fuck you. What? Why did 
COVID drive the prices up so much just because people couldn't get out to get them anymore? Or, they or... couldn't get out to get them. People were selling them because they lost their jobs. So they went down and then they spiked hmm. and everything, things that were $5, like I said, things that were like literally 5 or $2 became like $70 for no reason. Hmm. And it just made no sense. All right. I think we should probably do this. Geek Stuff Product Reviews. Did you want to start since we were already ranting about HasLab? You want to just continue? Well, that? I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. So, uh, Dom, do you have it open? How much time does it have left? So, this is Riva's lightsaber, the the first and last uh, Star Wars HasLab uh, for a prop replica, no doubt. Uh, so, how much time so, left? About three hours. Uh huh. <laughs> Since we last talked, they have gained. Let me just do some quick math here, guys. Hold on. Hold on. 75 commitments. So 75 Reva lightsabers have been purchased since the last well, time. None have been there. purchased. It's just a commitment to Commit- purchase. Committed to it. And, and that brings their number to what? 1391 of 5,000. Out of, out of 5,000. So they need. <laughs> Roughly, they need they need divine intervention, which isn't going to happen. Only thirty six hundred. So okay, way to go! Hours. One yeah, thousand way to an go, hour. Way to go, Star Wars Hasbro team! Way to go! Way to listen to the fans. You're welcome for your second Haslab failure. You're In a row, welcome. consecutive, right? Consecutive, yeah. yeah. You're welcome. You're 100% welcome, and you deserve every bit of it because they just don't listen. And if you bring that to their attention and say, you're not listening to fans, they say, we listen to fans, it's Lucasfilm. And Lucasfilm says, we're not tying their hands, it's Hasbro. You know, because Hasbro's opinion is, seemingly, if they can't reuse every bit of something, then they're not going to make it or, or it's going to be a deluxe figure or it's going to, you know, some other nonsense that you, whatever it is that will drive a little bit more money out of the, uh, out of the, uh, out of the fans. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So good. They deserve another failure. Well done. Will somebody at Hasbro please take notice of the fact that, Whoever is running the marketing, and I like to mention names, whoever's running the marketing for the greatest toy brand in history for boys, because then I think it's probably Barbie is the actual, probably the greatest one. Although Star Wars, I'm sure, is second. Whoever is running this license needs to be fired. And furthermore, someone needs to be brought in who actually listens or who will actually speak to the fans. And please, for the love of God, get rid of these disingenuous idiots who are doing these, these, uh, these, these live uh, uh, things. I like to hear about the product like everybody else. You got designers there. You got those kind of people, and they're talking about stuff. But the robotic way that they present everything, and again, I'm not going to get into names, Johnny Cab from... Uh, uh, from Total Recall. But the, the point I'm saying here is that this should real. I, I thought the Rancor would be an eye-opener for them. 
So guess I guess I'm hoping this time this is an eye opener for them, but it won't be. So they asked Johnny Cab guy how long it's going to take him to come up with their next idea, and he wasn't sure. He looked at the lady next to him, and she said, two weeks." No, nothing. I don't get it. You don't get the reference. That's the Total Recall reference. Johnny Cab from Total Recall, and then like the remember he had the mask, and all he could say was two weeks. I don't remember. Ugh, you guys are you guys are awful. All right, never mind. Go ahead. I'll edit that and bad joke out. Conversely, let's talk about the flip side. Now, a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now we have a Haslab from GI Joe Classified. Yes, it's the Hiss Tank. Why don't you let us know how much time it has left? Thirty-five days. Thirty-five days, and it's just, it's, so it's five days in, right? Because they're forty days yes. apiece, I think. Got five weeks, right? Left. Thirty-five days left. Okay, and tell us. Uh, Dom, how many people have committed to backing this project? Have they reached their goal yet? They have doubled their goal. Yeah. With 35 days to go. With 30 in the first five days, G.I. Joe classified, which, by the way, G.I. Joe is a brand all but dead, what, three, four, five years ago. It's now funding a six-inch scale Hiss tank which, by the way, you have to give them credit. This was a beautiful offering. You're getting this fully rendered, realized Hiss tank. It's got a bunch of, you know, attachments and things. Comes with the driver right out of the gate. If you were only, pardon me, if you were only getting that, and it's 300 bucks, if you were only getting that, it would be a pretty good deal. Not a great deal. But a pretty good deal for a six-inch vehicle and a driver. Pretty good deal. Now throw in that they have the uh, the Hiss Technician, I believe is the name of the character. The Hiss Technician, he got funded. If they fund if they funded the project in the first 24 hours, I think, that figure was instantly included. And then that figure, there's four different paint decos. Uh, for that are proposed for that figure that will be voted on by people who back the project. So you have that. Then you get to the first stretch goal. We're two figures in and a beautiful large size, large enough size vehicle, six inch scale at 300 bucks. And we're two figures in already. Now you get the first stretch goal. It's like a missile rack that kind of attaches two removable side mounted missile racks. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Is it the biggest thing in the world? No. Is it something that's drawing a lot of people in? Probably not. Let's move on. The next stretch goal was the a canopy, a clear canopy, and um, tread covers. Right. So these are all. These are just uh, primarily the the story on the canopy is if you wanted to have it be a little bit closer to the original on which it's based, this canopy is a little bit more like the original Hiss tank from the 80s canopy. And the tread covers is just, uh, uh, you know, it's it's just, you know, for the look. You know what I mean? It, it's not, it doesn't serve any real function or anything. I don't even remember if the original had these sort of tread covers. Okay, so then we move on, right? Because they passed that tier. Tier three, they go with another figure. And this figure also seemingly is all new, a female Hiss driver, right? So a seemingly all new character, female character in G.I. Joe, very popular right now. 
right? Seemingly an all new sculpt, right? Just like supposedly the other two look like new sculpts as well. And some guns that attach to the turret on top of the Hiss tank. That's tier three. And what is tier four? Tier four is a figure that's been asked for since this line, which is G.I. Joe classified, since the line began. And that is the classic mail-away silver-faced Cobra Commander. And you know they're never going to do one with a hood on. So this is as close as you're going to get to the classic Cobra Commander. Why, why wouldn't they do one with a hood on? Why do you think, Scott? Why do you think they won't put a character out that has a hood on? I mean, the the hooded he Cobra has Commander? has a hood all right, on. All right. Silver-faced original mail-away version of Cobra Commander, and he's got the same gun, the same design, everything. He even has what is referred to as the Mickey Mouse Cobra logo on him, which is distinguishing him as the first mail-away Cobra Commander because they corrected that somewhere along the production line. I think of that mail-away figure, they corrected that logo. But this is going to have the Mickey Mouse logo. Comes with that blow dryer looking gun that he had and the little thing on the back that it plugs in. It's a fully another fully rendered, looks like fully new sculpt figure. At least that's what it looks like to me. Uh, and now, so that means you get, in addition to this fully realized tank, which, by the way, has lights also, I think sound maybe, um, fully realized, all the extra gear you get on it, the missile racks, the tread covers, the guns for the turret, um, the canopy, the whole thing, right? You get all these things. And then even on top of that, they're throwing in four new figures for $300. The figures alone, alone, would be at least 25 a pop. That Cobra Commander might be even a little bit more because he's a re he probably is going to come out. I think he's coming on the retro card. So let's, but let's, let's, let's even it out. Let's just say 25 a piece. That's $100 in figures right there, which means essentially you're paying 200 for a six-inch tank. Six-inch tank style weapon of course it funded forget that gi joe is popular right now and it really is forget that it's probably marvel's best line right and uh, not marvel hasbro it's probably hasbro's best line you know it's probably their best line and of course it funded because look at that offering I'm going to, I might get one. I have 35 days to decide if I want to annoy sandwich by sending another large package to, to the unit. I mean, it would but be the better point if is, each one of those figures came in a separate box. So that's just more boxes for sandwich to have to go pick up. That's, you know what? That not only annoys sandwich, that also annoys the shit out of me <laughs> because then when, you know, when I'm getting the phone call, like, Hey, uh, tell your guy there's five packages over here and it's five packages of one fig. It, it's, it's one order from Hasbro pulse in five boxes, you know, ridiculous. Anyway, that aside, uh, of course it funded, of course it did because it's a great value, you know, and the fact that, you know, these things are, are, are going to increase in value 
you know, not to mention the fact that every figure in there, with the exception of Cobra Commander, is an army builder, three army builders and a generic tank. So, you know, guys are buying multiple, you know, the G.I. Joe heads got to be buying multiples of these. Of course it funded. No question. Why wouldn't it? So I do want to make uh, I do want to talk about one other thing really quick. It's kind of related in the sense that, you know, we make a lot of fun sort of of um, Hasbro, although it's not really funny. We do talk a lot about how they uh, the amount of reuse, especially in the Star Wars line, is embarrassing. Well, you know, we got to give credit where credit is due. The uh, the hot one of the hot toys, actually two of them, but we're only going to talk about one. One of the hot toys, San Diego or Toy Fair, they always call them Toy Fair exclusives, um, which means essentially whatever their events are, that's what this is going to be exclusive for for hot toys. Um, is is Boba Fett in his black arena armor? Now, for those of you that don't know, and that's probably most of you, um, the story basically goes Boba Fett is on his way to deliver Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt and something goes wrong with the carbonite system. And it's maybe it's melting or something is happening with it. And he stops at a planet to get it fixed and he doesn't have enough credits to get it fixed. So right out of the gate, you're like, really? The most famous bounty hunter in the world doesn't have any money? Okay. Um, and in order to gain credits, he has to go fight in this arena. Think like gladiator kind of thing, right? Except that he can't go in there as Boba Fett. So he paints his armor black. What? And goes in and fights and, uh, you know, and, and obviously wins and gets everything settled. So Hot Toys did a good thing with reuse, which is they took a recent Boba Fett. I'm not sure which one. And they basically made it look like Boba Fett had painted this armor black. And that is their exclusive. And, you know, if that's all exclusives were, I would be happy. If exclusives were repaints that I could pass on, I would be totally happy. But it's the proper use of an exclusive rather than making a unique figure, especially in a numbered series that you can only get if you go to San Diego or you pay the black market prices for it after the fact. <laughs> so 10,000 credits. I mean, it really is. It's 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 amazing. You know, back in the day, how how those I, I mean, I would pay for my. I would pay for my Comic-Con trip by buying two of the exclusives, one for myself and one to pay all of my bills with. And it rarely failed because that's how desperate collectors are to get these things. You know, speaking of Comic-Con trips, New York Comic-Con is coming up. Keep an eye out for the Begathon coming soon. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's the product I just wanted to talk about. That that Boba Fett, I think, is currently available uh, over at Sideshow. Uh, you can pre-order it over there at Sideshow. You have to register for Sideshow Con, which is registering for that is like, give them your name and your email, which they probably have already if you're a fan at all. And you're registered, and that gives you access to buy 
the black armor Boba Fett. There's also like a, um, there's an Iron Man. It's a Hot Toys also. It's a Hot Toys Iron Man, I think from Endgame, but it's like the hologram version or something. It looks really cool in photos, but I've seen pictures of it that aren't professionally taken. It doesn't look that good. There's also Neo from the most recent Matrix disaster. <laughs> and then I think there's a bunch of Iron Studio, what they're calling exclusives. I don't think they're exclusive. I think they're being sold there first. Like, for example, the Wonder Twins. There's a one-tenth scale statue of the Wonder Twins that's uh, currently an exclusive. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly what makes that exclusive or why they would make it an exclusive, but there you go. Yeah. Again, so. I think we talked about this right before the show started. If you don't have to physically walk into a convention to pick it up, and if they don't destroy any unsold ones after the convention... It is not an exclusive, and therefore, well, that, well, that false would never happen. <clears throat> right, that well, would never happen. But they would go to Big Bad Toy Store and be sold. But okay, so if I'm whoever, if, if I'm Scott's Toy Company, and I say it's a con exclusive, and well, well it, wait, what does Scott's Toy Company like? You know, make I don't know. I make exclusive Star Wars figure that you can only get at Scott's toy company right. booth. Yeah, but I, that's I, not I, a I, thing I, because because Hasbro has the license. In, in this oh. alternate reality where Scott has toy company, Scott has license. Yeah, I've got the, I've got the, the Star Wars license. But so whatever I don't sell, I can't then sell on my website. If I sell them to a third party, Big Bad Toys or in bulk, all the ones that didn't sell, now you're selling them. That's aftermarket. But if to call it a Comic-Con exclusive, you should not be able to get it unless you set foot on the Comic-Con floor. Well, in fairness, the Hasbro exclusives this year at San Diego are not exclusives. At least to my understanding is that they will be available for pre-order at the con, but they will also be available at the website. I think it's just the timing of the thing lines up with San Diego. Yeah, which and that's kind of sucks. It sucks for people at the con because people at the con are not going to have really great internet. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I mean, when I just, that thing drops and you know, Hasbro, you know, you know, Hasbro, even though Hasbro makes millions of toys, only seven of them will actually appear on Hasbro Pulse for sale. So, you know, I'm just saying, yeah, that's been my experience. It, it, like I said, it just, it just, I, I feel like I, I already don't like the idea of the con exclusive, just, you know, if people are going to want whatever it's going to be, Funko Pop or fig, XYZ figure, just make it and let people buy it. I know some people buy it because it's exclusive, but then some people that like the thing don't get it and they want it because they made it exclusive. Wow. It sounds really personal. They just, I, I just find the, the concept to be annoying. Like this concept. aftermarket. Well, yeah. Well, again, I'll use Funko Pops as an example. You know, Funko says, oh, we're just going to make a thousand of this pop. And so then a thousand people get it and 900 of them resell it for 10 times the value. That doesn't make Funko any more money. And I guess, no, nope. I guess the, but it raises the allure and the mystique of Funko that keeps, keeps people interested in it. But that's annoying to me, right? You know, you're just, you're feeding the scalpers. What are you new? It's a, it's, it's annoying forever. Right. So why do we put up with it as collectors, as fans? Because we're going to do what? Instead, are we not going to get every Scott Pilgrim pop? Right. FOMO. FOMO. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, so so I, I guess that's it. Let me let's talk about a couple other FOMO. FOMO, by the way, is the reason that I keep many bags of delicious Parm Crisps snack mix on hand at my house uh, because I have FOMO about not being able to get them and not having them available for me when I want them. Just saying. That was a random example. Nice. Um, just talking about a couple other like product that I saw out there. Is anybody a big fan of Raven? The Raven, the movie from with uh, Brandon Lee from like 1989, I guess. You mean The Crow? The Crow. I said The Raven. His name is Eric Draven. The Crow. I'm sorry. Wow. You mean The Raven with Vincent Price from like <laughs> 1948? Yeah. Never that more. One? Yeah, exactly. Um, is anyone a fan of The Crow? Yes. The Crow has a very big following, but only the book and only the first movie. Everything else is considered crap. Yeah. Well, so there's a there's a bust, a mini bust coming out from uh diamond select now you, you're no longer a fan of diamond select. oh well right away you know you know the mark of quality is going to be uh at hand because you know nothing says quality like diamond select and by quality i mean crap the likeness is pretty good though i mean you know just looking at the the pictures of the of the bus it's a one one sixth scale <laughs> resin mini bust this this stuff's the the crow is a great example of of a property that that finds new viewers when they're the right age yeah you know what i mean that 13 14 15 year old era sometimes they're older but you know like when when you get around to like reading a dark comic about love and death and you know that was like it was the height of uh, of gothism that that book mm -hmm. and when the kids get to that age, sometimes nerds especially discover the crow and they go down that dark path. So there's a, well, not dark path, but you know, they, they go down that, that well yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, but every now and again, you will get like companies like didn't Mezco do a crow recently. And I think hot toys, hot toys or sideshow themselves, I think as a 12 inch, either coming or came recently and mezco just did a didn't they do a five point on him or something and they did no they did, they did a 112 did they do 112 and uh do i own it i don't know if you would have gotten it okay um yeah i don't know if i would have gotten it either but the, the point is is that it's just one of those properties that circulates you know there's a certain age where that property just becomes really popular it's like nightmare before christmas it's why Nightmare Before Christmas merch will always be made is because there's just a segment of the population that teen angst somehow is associated with the crow and Nightmare Before Christmas and so and on. Everything and so on. in Hot Topic. And shopping in Hot Topic. Yeah, That's much. what I was going to say. There you go. Um, let's see. There's, there's a Star Trek original series Enterprise available over at Entertainment Earth. From Playmobil looks pretty nice. Little uh, little desk feature. That actually, that actually, I saw, I watched a review on that toy. I don't remember who did it. I watched a review on YouTube of that toy. That toy is brilliant. That toy is brilliant, and the fact that Playmobil did it, and somebody like uh, a, a real toy company can't, and and still bring it in as affordable is amazing to me yeah that's Good only, only 50 bucks not too bad yeah. now, remember the other one from playmobil though it was like 500 bucks and it was like 
the uh, a little bit bigger and it opened up with a little enterprise crew was inside it oh like, that's the one i'm talking about you're oh. saying they've done another one no now? this is this is just the enterprise it's a little bit smaller it's like a little de oh, okay. desk piece but it, it with lights and sounds and stuff yeah uh, i thought we had talked about bucks. that big one that opened up and you know what for 500 bucks it was worth every penny oh i mean it was pretty damn nice but i was thinking about getting it for my kid to play with and then when i saw how much it was i'm like no that's a collector's piece not a toy uh let's yeah, see yeah well who knows christmas is coming who knows what your kids will get <laughs> maybe uncle kev's gonna get my kid the 500 hundred dollar enterprise to play with ho 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 santa kev um let's see last last one did we talk about the black series uh tika the jawa jabim obi-wan Hello there. The last announcements. Yeah. Did we talk about I think, those? I don't know if we talked about it or not, but, you know, again, it wasn't worth taking the time to talk about. Yeah, nothing special. Another re it's another Kenobi. Hello there. It's another, it's a Jawa repaint. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it really, it was really disappointing. Uh, much in the way that the series was disappointing was the toy line. Um, there's no Leia figure. She's the central character. She's uh, other than other than Obi Wan. Hello there. The, she is the central character in the show, and there is no figure for her. Ooh, you know. Ooh. Speaking of, Kenobi. how about a two pack? Her and Luke. Hello there. Oh, the kid, kids, Luke and Leia. That would be good. Yeah, I mean, how about a? I mean, you know, and they can even hit us up for it being a deluxe because it's two figures. Everybody would get it. You know, because for God's sake, it would be new for God's sake, you know. <laughs> so I saw something that, uh, so where uh, Obi-Wan was working on Tatooine, right? Where they're like just, they're... The crate Dragon? That, so that is the, the crate Dragon that we see C-3PO walk by in Star Wars, right? Oh, I don't know that that's true. There's more than one crate dragging on there. But I feel like I saw somebody that did like a side by side, and like the, yeah. the shape and the size and the angle of it looks as if it's the exact that the bones that we see it are what's be. left that that Obi Wan was working on ten years earlier. That right? would be that would be an incredibly deep. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be an incredibly deep dive into looking to see if it's the same crate dragon as that skull. Uh, and bones set that we see in Star Wars. That's an incredibly. That's a person with too much time. <laughs> says the, says the people they're who making do video comparisons and shit. <laughs> I guess. I mean, do we have too much time? Look on at our the hands? angle of the second sun here. Yeah, it doesn't look at the shit. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm. Yeah, you're you're well done, sandwich. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, where you're doing the photo analysis to see how deep. Uh, uh, you, you know, the, the Obi-Wan people went in, in creating this dragon and it's ridiculous. First of all, first of all, this is also a thing. When you, the first time you saw Star Wars, did you think that dragon was that big? No. No, because it isn't. <laughs> and, and that's another point, you know. Is that dragon suddenly a mile away in New Hope? Because it doesn't look that far away to me. And that dragon is huge. Those dragons are huge, as we learned in both uh, Mandalorian and in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. So Th Thanks for doing that slow to help me catch up to make sure I didn't miss that one. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. You're always I'm, looking I, out for I me. I got your back. I got your back. 
Oh, you know, I think I hear the wrap-up music starting, so maybe we should uh, Good. Do, the, do the social media. I don't media call it the wrap-up music anymore. I call it the Fortnite entry music. <laughs> oh, no, it's just, if it's your entry music, we need to, like, you know, kick in the doors, the smoke, and, like, you get a John Cena, dun, 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 when you're getting ready to start playing Fortnite. Oh, no, no? It, it would never be that. No, but, you know, I can't remember what... I use one of the Marvel songs is my... Uh, Right, music is is my load in music. Yeah, I don't remember which one though. It may be, I think it was Galactic. I honestly don't remember, but yeah, it's one of them. Marvel like like the '60s show, like Tony Stark. Uh, no, Tony so- Stark <laughs> makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. As Iron Man, blah 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 blah, he fights and fights with repulsor rays. <laughs> Yeah, those were all catchy little songs. <laughs> Doc Bruce Banner, belted by gamma rays, turns into the Hulk. Ain't he unglamorous or something like that? <laughs> when Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. Do with the red and the white and the blue will come. And I don't remember the Thor. There one. is a Thor one though, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not coming to mind. But I know the end is Mighty Thor. That's the end. But I don't remember the song. They all came out of the same school uh, as uh, as um, uh, the Spider-Man song. They all come out of, like that same exact school of of little cartoon ditty writing. You know. Yeah. I mean, they're Spider-Man. It, it... Spider-Man. Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches thieves just like flies Look out, here comes a Spider-Man Is he strong? <laughs> Listen, I'll do the whole song Because who doesn't know it? I don't know the other ones because they were shorts And they were like anima- They were like, what you call it? They were like comic books that were cut up And like slid in front of the like you know, yeah, animatics. You just hold up the character and just slide it. You know, like for people who are, are looking on video right now, it's like, it's like if this Costco card, if this Costco card was a character, it would be like I've cut it out of the book and they just do this, and he's moving across the screen. Oh look, I'm running, I'm running. Like like when Poochie had to go back to his those, own planet. If you watch those, you can see that clear as clear as crystal. They were shit cheaply made. Anyway, all right, let's do the social medias. Sandwich, you start. You can find me on Instagram and Fortnite at Fat Dumbledore, F A T D O M B L E D O R E. I'm I'm reaching for my controller, turning the shit on right now. Well, while you're doing that, we find you. Big Kev GS on Fortnite immediately following this program and bk geek stuff everywhere else no it's big kev gs on fortnite yeah and bk geek stuff everywhere else yeah be sure you're following the show on the facebook's twitter's instagrams it's geek stuff tng and all those places we even have a website geekstufftng.com uh be on the lookout for uh public domain public domain public domainiverse public domainiverse.com where you can submit your uh fan fiction fan fiction of public domain characters regarding characters meeting in an in a universe of in in the public domain universe characters you never thought would meet meet in the public domain universe start out with conan and winnie the pooh 
Um, let's see. You can also uh, support the show over on uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash geeksftng. Dollar a month, you get access to the Discord. Three dollars a month, it's the early bird special where you get the, the shows as soon as we're done editing them, plus the prep sheet, which is like a mile long right now, the Encyclopedia Prepsidica. Uh, for $5 a month, it's the bonus round where you get sandwich shops and vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And $10 a month, you get to watch us do all of this live. And then don't forget to follow uh, me at Scott on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And if you want to be heard on a future episode of this show, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. I think the logo for the public domainiverse... This is this is true. I'm really thinking this. It should be Conan riding on the back of like a giant rabid Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like just think about like with the little doesn't he have like a little red coat on or something? Yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. that Winnie the Pooh? And but he's like he's like a, un, a like a raw he's like a growling bear and Conan's like has the sword up in the air in the back and like you know like Winnie the Pooh is kind of rearing up a little bit. It's like one of those action poses. Holy shit. These ideas are genius. So what would you do with the rest of, of the 100 Acre Woods friends? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm thinking small here. You know, like, okay, now I have a logo idea. Okay. You know? I like it. I like it. All right. That's it. With That's that, it. it's over. Go home. Okay, with that, we're gonna bring episode six eighty six. Come on, dude. Oh, oh, oh! It's a joke. Let it let it settle a little bit. <sighs> and with that, now that you've recovered from the laughter, we will bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG episode six hundred and eighty six, the one we're calling the Public Domainiverse, to a close. The way we end some episodes by saying. Good night, Peter Brook. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>